Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the kickoff. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the fantasy football mastermind edge. The definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Nazareth, has several decades of fantasy football experience. His website, ffmastermind.com, offers comprehensive fantasy football information, including a preseason drafting strategy guide and weekly in-season fantasy football newsletters. The Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge offers fantasy football picks to click and play. The latest NFL news and much, much more each week during the fantasy football season. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. You lose! Good day, sir! Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazareth. Welcome to the show, everyone. It is September 26th. This is week four. Wow, almost a quarter of the way through of the uh, 2023 NFL season. My name is Michael Nazareth, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me, as always, my very good friend, Chris Rito. How you doing tonight, Chris? Very well, very well. Like you said, a quarter of the way through the season, and oh my God, don't look now, the Dolphins just scored again. I mean, it's just, it's crazy <laughs> how, how fast those guys are running up points this weekend. So uh, hopefully you all started Raheem Mostert like I did in a couple of my leagues. Yes, yes. I was fortunate enough to have Mostert in one league, the FF Webmasters Experts League. It's a 14-team league, non-PPR, so I needed those points he scored 38 points in a non-PPR format. Crazy day. Ten Dolphin touchdowns, five on the ground, five in the air, and two only had a 31-point game. But, oh, my gosh, Raheem Mostert and uh, Devon Achan, uh, he doesn't want to be called A-Chain, uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh, they, they combined for almost 100 points in PPR format. It was a crazy wild week. We're going to get right to it. But, of course, we have some unfortunate injury news that always leads out with things like this. A season-ending knee injury to Mike Williams, San Diego, uh, San Diego Chargers, L.A. Chargers. <laughs> it's a bad address. I still can't think of them as anything other than San Diego. Anyway, unfortunately, Mike Williams gone for the year with a torn ACL. So you got Josh Palmer there. you got Quentin Johnston, uh, the rookie. So, uh, Chris, in your opinion, what happens to the passing game, and what should fantasy owners do if they have Mike Williams on their team? Well, I mean, unless you have an IR spot in your dynasty league, you obviously drop him. He's done for the year. But um, uh, Josh Palmer looks like the guy to get right now. He stepped in before he averaged 15 or 16 points per game uh, in the games that Mike Williams missed last year. Uh, so I have no doubt he's going to step right in. Uh, they're not sure Quentin Johnston can really fulfill that expanded role just yet. So uh, he's worth a keeper on, the, on your bench. But definitely Josh Palmer is going to be – one of the hot guys on the waiver wire if he's available in your league this weekend. And he's probably worth some starts just like you would Mike Williams because with Keenan Allen catching, you know, what is it, 18 passes this week, I'm sure Josh Palmer is going to get a lot less attention across the way than Mike Williams would, certainly a lot less than, than Keenan Allen. What's your take on Quentin Johnson? Do you think that he's just too raw, or do you think that this is going to open up more chances for him to actually make an impact for fantasy? 
Uh, it, it'll get some more chances for sure. But, yeah, he's too raw, and Palmer's too familiar with, with uh, the details of working with Justin Herbert. I mean, Palm, Josh Palmer is a good receiver. Uh, he said he's been good for fantasy. He's been good in the NFL. Um, I, I would have no problem, no qualms if I was uh, the Chargers thinking that we should not change our offense one bit if we stick with Josh Palmer. And now Quentin Johnson is just going to get some more of those number three looks that Palmer was getting before. Yeah, I, I do agree with you there. Mm-hmm, that's okay. Uh, anyway, uh, it's a live show, people. So uh, a couple of moves were made last week after we taped the show on Tuesday. Uh, first one was that the Cleveland Browns did uh, go out and re-sign Kareem Hunt after Nick Chubb, unfortunately, was lost for the season on Monday Night Football. So what's your uh, fantasy long-term thoughts regarding Kareem Hunt? I know Jerome Ford is the starter there. They're going to feature him. Um, should anyone – pick up Kareem Hunt and maybe stash him, see what happens there? What's, what, what do you think? Well, yeah, I think he's absolutely worth a stash. I mean, the only other guy in the roster that got any snaps was Pierre Strong. He got six touches, but five were on the last drive when the game was already decided in garbage time. Um, Kareem Hunt stepped right in and got, what do you get, like seven carries and a couple of targets. So basically 10, 10 touches uh, fresh off the waiver wire. So that, that shows you how comfortable he is with the offense that he could, he could contribute right away in a meaningful game. So I think his, his uh, activity is going to step up. It's still going to be Ford's job until he either loses it by playing his way out of it, which I can't see from what he's done, or he gets injured. So Hunt is definitely worth a stash, playing as at worst a number two running back on a very run-heavy offense, um, as well as a team that, that is looking to be a, a, you know, a, an above-average team, so they might be running out the clock in some games. Hunt is probably better to run off the clock than, than Jerome Ford. So I think he's going to get some play, and he's probably going to get more play as it goes on. Not a starter entity yet, but definitely a rosterable and a stashable player for sure. Yeah, Kareem Hunt was actually on a snap count uh, for that game because he, uh, you know, joined the team midweek. So his role actually might expand a little bit more. And of course, Jerome Ford did not have a huge game. He had two touchdowns, but they were playing the Titans. And what did he have? Like ten, twelve carries for like eighteen yards and a score. And then he he caught one of his passes was a touchdown too. So uh, you know, there's there's a lot to build on there if you're uh, if you're Jerome Ford. And uh, also there's some. Uh, possibilities for Hunt moving forward. Of course, then later uh, also uh, the Vikings, uh, they acquired Cam Akers, and uh, of course that set off alarm bells for us Alexander Madison owners. I own Madison in a couple of leagues, and uh, of course the Akers didn't play uh, because they just got with the team and such, and he didn't have any familiarity with them, although he did with the head coach uh, back from his days uh, with the Rams. But uh, he's going to be playing moving forward. Uh, Madison actually had one of his best games of the season this past weekend. Uh, so what's your thought on Cam Akers as a Viking moving forward, uh, Chris? Yeah, this is a very different signing from the Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt was like a no-brainer. Here's a guy that can come in and knows the offense. He can fit right in. He knows the team. Um, in Cam Akers' case, they did not have an opening on their roster. They just had an underperforming starter. And they not only just signed him, they didn't go out and sign him for free off the waiver wire. They made a trade. They gave up draft capital to get him. So they clearly have plans on, I would think, supplanting Alexander Madison, or at least giving Akers a chance to supplant Madison. And he's frankly been more productive in his career than Madison has, in my opinion. So I think uh, if I'm going to stash one of these guys on my bench, and right now neither one of them is startable, um, it's Cam Akers is the guy I'm stashing, not Alexander Madison, if I can only stash one. 
Okay, wow, that's just a little bit surprising. All right, now let's move on over to this week where uh, the big Thursday night game, the Lions at the Packers, and the Packers really, really miss Aaron Jones as well as Christian Watson, even though they managed to come back and, and win their game against the Saints late this past week. Uh, Aaron Jones and, and Christian Watson have been uh, nursing hamstring injuries. Of course, Aaron Jones had a big game in week one. That's where he hurt his hamstring. He sat out the last two weeks. Uh, Christian Watson hadn't even debuted uh, for the 2023 Packers and, and Jordan Love yet, but it looks like they're leaning towards playing them. So if you're if you're a fantasy owner, Chris, and you've got uh, Aaron Jones and Christian Watson, do you just plug and play them this uh, Thursday if they're playing, or do you take a more conservative approach? Uh, I'm going to be a little more conservative. I'll start with Watson. Watson has talked a great game about playing this week, and some of and Romeo Dobbs has mentioned playing this week. But Watson has not been medically cleared yet. As of just a few hours ago, uh, I was checking out some of the, the reports online. He's not technically been medically cleared yet. So I, I'm definitely not playing him for sure until I see him play. Um, Aaron Jones is a little, a little trickier because he has been just absolutely a guaranteed fantasy starter um, if he's in there regardless of matchup. And I think they need him more than they need Christian Watson. Now, if you've got Aaron Jones and you've got to start a guy that's been, you know, did you pull off your benches but hot like a Zach Moss with a really good matchup? I don't think you start him over Zach Moss, especially on a short week. Um, you, you don't start him over, over Raheem Mostert, you know, even though he's got a tough matchup because he's been explosive. But, you know, if you've got a guy that you're starting as your number two, like maybe James Conner, who's a solid number two, high-volume guy, but he's got a really tough matchup in, in San Francisco, I'd think about throwing Aaron Jones out there. But it's, it's not a no-brainer, but he's at least worth – he's in the consideration for RB2 right now. Uh, Kristen Watson, I think you've got to wait another week. You've got to see him out there, especially since he's probably going to be a game-time decision this week. Yeah. I tell you, in one league I, uh, where I uh, own Aaron Jones, believe it or not, I also own A.J. Dillon, and I'm not a happy camper there. So I can tell you right now that if, uh, if Aaron Jones plays in this game, I am starting him over Dillon. Uh, it is as a, a flex uh, moving forward, of course, for this Thursday uh, game. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the chance with Aaron Jones there. Let's go uh, right to the injury uh, list here. Uh, if you want to know the complete list of all the injuries for the week, uh, FF Mastermind's got you covered with our fourth and one injury report, which is part of our weekly fantasy newsletter. Uh, starting with the quarterbacks, uh, Derek Carr with that shoulder injury. He's week to week. He's not going to play this week. It's going to be Jameis Winston show there. Uh, Anthony Richardson with the Colts, uh, concussion. Uh, he's still in the protocol Chris, any updates on Anthony Richardson for this week? They've not said anything yet except that he's not cleared from the protocol yet. They really haven't even unambiguously stated if he's progressing through the protocol. So um, I'd love to get him back out there. I think he's, if he's cleared he's, and he's able to play, you start him because he's a low-end number one because of his rushing ability. I have not heard anything yet. So if you have to make a call by like Thursday night, let's say your other two quarterbacks are Love and Goff, I think you go with Love or Goff. You can't afford to wait. Yep, I agree with you there. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, after the game uh, here in Vegas, uh, has was deemed to have suffered a concussion. He's in protocol. Uh, I wouldn't trust that he was going to play this week. We'll see later this week. Bryce Young with the ankle. Uh, yeah, I think the people in Carolina go, yeah, let's let the Red Rifle play another game or two. And, of course, this week they're playing Minnesota. Big revenge game for Adam Thielen. We're talking about that a little bit later. But for Bryce Young, uh, very, very iffy to play this week. Uh, moving to the stud running back period of our injury list here, Austin Eckler. I'm suffering with this. Joshua Kelly's been dreadful. 
Um, but it looks like uh, there's a good chance Eckler might not play again this week because their bye week is week five, and they might want to go ahead and rest him. And, Kelly, uh, they do have a good matchup again. But, you know, this is the situation last week. He had a good matchup. He ran for 30, 40 yards, and that was it. It was really ugly for fantasy. Saquon Barkley, he's probably expected to miss another week or two uh, with that high ankle sprain, so I wouldn't expect him to play. Travis Etienne, a late uh, fourth quarter uh, leg injury. Status is uncertain. It's really too early. We'll find out more details on that injury tomorrow when they practice. David Montgomery with a thigh. He's limited in practice today for Thursday night's game. There's a good chance he might play. If that's the case, then Jameer Gibbs uh, loses some fantasy value because he carried the load on the ground last week when Montgomery was out. Uh, Craig Reynolds would go right back to the bench there if Montgomery plays. Gus Edwards with a, looks like a concussion there. Uh, his status is uncertain. We'll see if he practices later this week. Justin, Justice Hill with a foot is also uncertain. It might be Melvin Gordon starting for the Baltimore Ravens and Kenyon Drake backing him up. Uh, they're they're desperate there. Moving to wide receiver Jalen Waddle with a concussion. Yeah, they missed him so much they scored 70 points. So if you got Waddle, let's hope he plays this week. You and I are in the same boat with, with Waddle and Fanex. Let's hope he plays. Uh, Debo Samuel with the ribs is saying day-to-day. He was absent from practice on Monday. Of course, they played last Thursday. We'll find out if he's actually listed on the injury report tomorrow. Brandon Ayuk with a shoulder. He practiced on Monday. Looks like he was pretty close to playing. They sat him smartly, and looks like he's probably going to play this week. Um, then you've got OBJ uh, for Baltimore. Didn't play last week with an ankle. We'll see if he practices. And Zay Jones with a knee for uh, for Jacksonville. He's also uncertain. Logan Thomas, a concussion for uh, Washington. We'll see if he can practice later this week. And Irv Smith with a hamstring. He sat out Monday night's game, and he's uncertain for this week. And we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with assistance from the definitive fantasy football information service, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com. There's plenty of free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. Co-founder and CEO Michael Nazarek has several decades of experience including winning four consecutive SI.com Experts League Championships, along with tens of thousands of dollars playing in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy football content updated daily, which give you the edge you need to legitimately claim championship. Championship! Read Drafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, please check us out at ffmastermind.com. Lots of great, uh, free, uh, good stuff there. Uh, our flagship feature is our NFL Quick Bits page, all the latest news updated as it happens throughout the entire 365 days a year, even in the off season. And, of course, you can check out our free Guy in-season scouting reports, including those that cover the Colts from Chris Rito. Uh, of course, our, our weekly newsletter, 
uh, includes more uh, expanded picks to click and flick. The market feature, I think I ranked about 70 players total. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, injuries and such, uh, the free agent player ranking uh, in, in the market. Also, uh, rankings for the week, uh, flex rankings. We update those on Saturday. Uh, we're updating our fourth one injury report almost every day. And, of course, uh, we update uh, everything on Saturday. Uh, and, of course, this is our early season sale. Normally, we uh, throw it down at 2495 Well, uh, I want more people to check us out. So we're, we cut it in half, uh, half price. Yep, uh, what, three and a half weeks into the season. goes from 39.95 to 19.95. the price of a large pizza. Okay, people, so if you want to try us out and support the site, go to ffmastermind.com and try us out for the rest of the season, only 19.95. And, of course, please follow me on Twitter at ffmastermind. All right, let's get to this week's picks to click and flick. These are the guys you want to think about seriously, either starting or benching, not necessarily dropping off your roster. Give me a couple quarterbacks you like this week and why, Chris. Uh, one of my longtime favorites, Matthew Stafford. He's been slinging around. He's got a bevy of young targets. He's shown remarkable connection with, with these young guys. And more importantly, he's going against a Colts secondary whose youth and inexperience is really going to be no match for his cerebral play. Um, the tough Colts run defense is also going to skew them even more toward the pass, and I think Stafford will gladly take up that challenge. Uh, he's had an illustrious career versus Indy, too. He's averaged over 318 yards per game and three touchdowns per game in his four career starts with a low of 22 fantasy points against the Colts. So I think he likes this one. And then I'm gonna, this is my contrarian play of the week. I've, I read a lot of people this week saying, Justin Fields should be benched this week, despite the matchup. And I know the Bears' offense has been dreadful. And people have said Fields has been dreadful, but he's averaging 17 and change a game, which isn't terrible, which, by the way, is two points per game more than Dak and seven points per game more than Burrow. And I think those guys are going to get started by a lot of people. Denver's defense really hasn't been any better than the Bears. That was even before Miami throttled them. Your weakness is on the back end. And you factor in how poor the Bears' defense has been and the effectiveness of the Denver passing game, Worst-case scenario, they're forced into some garbage time stats if they struggle early. So I just remember Fields was, was terrible through four weeks last year, averaging about 12 points per game. He was actually quarterback 35 in points per game, 35 for 32 teams. But then he finished as quarterback seven. He really kicked it up. I think this is a get-healthy opportunity because he's going to run and throw on Denver. Well, I tell you, you know, uh, if Fields, Fields does uh, rebound, uh, then that's a very good sign. But this matchup just reeks of goodness, and if it doesn't happen, then <laughs> you've got big problems in Chicago. Of course, they do have uh, their own pick as well as the Carolina Panthers' first-round pick, and so they might end up having the first two picks overall, and there's a guy named Caleb Williams from USC just waiting for them to be drafted. We'll see what happens there. A couple of guys I like this week, uh, I already mentioned them, Andy Dalton, if he starts for the Panthers and then uh, – but they, they probably go ahead and let Bryce uh, heal another week. Well, they're playing the Vikings, Collie, uh, and they just got whipped by uh, uh, Justin Herbert and the Chargers. I think Carolina's going to be gunning, slinging. Uh, Red Rifle's going to be shooting uh, downfield a lot in this game. So, you know, if he starts and you need him, go ahead and start him. He'll produce. Uh, Russell Wilson has not been terrible, even though they lost 70-20. to 20, uh, he, he played pretty good. So but guess what? They get the Bears this week, and that's a bad defense. So if you need Russell Wilson, this is a week to start him. A couple of guys on my uh, cautious list, caution play, is uh, this week's Lamar Jackson. Uh, Browns just totally shut down Derrick Henry, and, and Brian Tannehill made him look almost like a high school team. Um, they're not going to make it easy on Lamar Jackson, too, and especially without the running backs that are healthy. Um, he, 
Lamar's going to be running for his life in this game. So it's a caution play here. If you got him, you're know, probably going to start him and cross your fingers, temper your expectations, and hope that he does uh, you know, at least pop a few long runs here and gets in the end zone. And on the other end, uh, Mac Jones. Cowboys defense uh, is definitely going to rebound. They uh, laid an egg, and it cost them the game in Arizona. That's not going to happen two games in a row. Uh, I think uh, Mac's going to have some trouble this week, and uh, I would not start him against the Cowboys defense. How about you, Chris, a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why? I don't like Trevor Lawrence this week. The Falcons have actually been pretty good against the pass with a decent rebuilt secondary. They've only allowed 180 yards per game so far this year and under 170 yards per game since week nine of last year. Uh, this game is in London, so the Jags have the familiarity, but those overseas games tend to be run heavy. I can see this one being a lower volume opportunity for Trevor Lawrence. He was a low-end or spot QB1 coming out of the draft. And his struggles recently mean you probably have a number two with some potential also. So if that guy got a decent matchup, I'd, I'd bench Lawrence for him. And then my caution play of the week is Dak Prescott. You get that tough Patriots defense. The Patriots have only allowed two passing touchdowns and 13.5 points per game to quarterbacks this year, and they played against Jalen Hurts and Tua so far in the first three games. So that's really impressive. Dak's only averaging about 12 points per game in his last three or four road games too, so he struggled away from Jerry's world. And I think the Patriots are very susceptible to fast running backs. So I suspect a heavy dose of Tony Pollard and Rico off the bench this week. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you uh, about the first quarterback you mentioned. Um, uh, Anyway, uh, let's get to the running backs. How about a couple of running backs you like and why? Uh, I really like Zach Moss again this week. He's posted over 20 PPR points in each of his two starts. He's even been a surprising factor in the short passing game, dominated snaps and touches on all three downs for Indy. He's a workhorse right now. He is sixth in the league in rushing attempts, and he's only played two of the three games. He was running back six the last two weeks combined, and number four if he overlooked that Miami aberration that shot those guys up there. He did this good work this past week against a, a top-run defense and without the threat of the RPO and with the line banged up. So this might have been his worst-case scenario against Baltimore. So when you couple his volume with the Rams, who are allowing over 4.6 yards per carry, Moss looks primed for another 20-point outing. I, I think you ride him while you can. And I like Kenneth Walker this week. Sorry, Kenneth Walker the third. Uh, the G-men are number three in rushing attempts allowed, number four in yards per game. They can clearly be run on. They face three workhorse backs so far. Those three have averaged over 20 PPR points per game, and two of the three did not command their usual touch share. They still got to 20. So with another primary back that's more of a volume hog like Walker, I think he's in store for a very big day. He's also been a binge TD scorer last year. He's coming off consecutive two touchdown games, so I would be very scared playing against him this week. Yeah, we're rolling with Zach Moss and FanX, and what I was going to say about Trevor Lawrence was um, I've been starting him and, and got uh, Jordan Love on the bench, and that's not going to happen this week. I'm flipping, flipping them, going with Love over Lawrence. Uh, I think that's a solid play there. A couple of running backs I like this week. Uh, well, we'll give him one more week, Javonta Williams. Uh, the Bears' defense is just terrible. Um, I don't know. I've been talking to our uh, Bronco scout and saying that uh, Sean Payton is some kind of a version about running the football near the goal line. But uh, there's a, this is a game that uh, Javon's is going to score in. It's going to be this week, so I'm sticking with him. Uh, and then, of course, Alexander Madison, uh, the Panthers' run defense. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Kenneth Walker and uh, Zach Charbonnet uh, ran all over them. And I think that Madison's going to have another good game this week. So I'd stick with him and uh, start him. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week, Brian Robinson. 
Robinson, uh, those Eagles, oh, boy. And Robinson got off to a good start the first two weeks, but this past week, that's what happens when you don't score. 70 rushing yards, no catches. And uh, that might happen the same with the Eagles this week. I think they're going to limit them. Uh, it might be lucky to get 50, 60, 70 yards rushing in that uh, game. So if you got a better option, go with it. And the same thing with Rashard White, uh, Tampa Bay, workhorse back. But the Saints, uh, boy, really good uh, run defense there. Uh, Rashard didn't do much on Monday night, caught three passes, ran for, what, 40, 50 yards, something like that. Ended up with about eight points. That's about what you can expect him this week on the top end of that list. Might even be less than that. I'm just concerned about that. How about uh, you, Chris, a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why? Uh, Joe Mixon. He's been very underwhelming so far. He's facing a staunch Titans run defense. Doesn't like make him real likely to break out of the meh zone so far, in my opinion. Plus, the Titans are horrific in pass defense. And the Bengals have the wide receiver crew to torment them more than the other teams have so far. I think this is a get-well game for Burrow in the passing game. So I think Mixon takes a back seat in the low-volume touch total. Um, he's not gone over 70 rushing yards in his last 11 road games. 11 road games, dating back to the middle of 2021. He's only averaged 40 yards per game on the road. So really nervous about Mixon. And then my caution play is going to be Ramondre Stevenson. Um, he might be kind of a double victim of the revenge play factor. First of all, I would not want to be anyone facing a Cowboys team in Dallas after they crapped the bed last week and were publicly criticized. And, you know, the Cowboys defense is predicated on speed, so they're more vulnerable to a power-based run game. You factor that in, plus a return home for Zeke Elliott, I can see him getting squeezed out of touches, especially at those high-value ones on the goal line. Zeke actually had a big workload last week. Uh, they, they held him out the week before to, to get, get him into game shape. I think he's getting there. So I wonder if what we saw last week might not become the norm rather than the exception uh, in the timeshare in New England. Okay, how about a wide receiver? A couple of wide receivers you'd like this week and why? Uh, you mentioned him earlier, the old man Adam Thielen. Uh, he's been in the top five wide receivers over the last two weeks. He exploded for 18 catches and a pair of touchdowns the last two weeks. A solid low-end number one with the rookie in week two. And then when the veteran Andy Dalton got under center in week three, he took it up a notch. There's obvious trust there with those two veterans. I like him more with the red rifle slinging it, but I like either guy to lean on Thielen against a very torturable Viking secondary. And taking a shot at his former team in yet another revenge match is just icing on the cake for, for liking the old guy. And then on the other end of the age spectrum, I like rookie Tank Dell this week. He's led his team in targets in his two starts at the pro, clearly forming a Vulcan mind meld with C.J. Stroud. Uh, he's the number wide, number seven overall wide receiver the last two weeks. Top 20 PPR points each game. So being a prime target for a team likely to be forced into high-volume passing, very solid PPR play, plus big play potential. This week, the Steelers have been the fourth most generous to the fantasy wide receiver, almost 50 fantasy points per game uh, to the receiver. So he looks like a solid bet to stay hot, even without a negative game script, just like last week without a negative game script. Yeah, uh, Devontae Adams torched him. A uh, couple of guys I like this week. Corlin Sutton, uh, boy, he had a mixed bag there. He did score, and then he lost the score on a penalty. It wasn't his fault. Then he had two ugly fumbles, and a big drop in the end zone would have been a third touchdown. But guess what? Russell Wilson still throws to him, and he saw, what, I think 11 targets last week, caught eight of them and scored. And guess what? They get the Bears this week. So Sutton is slam dunk for me. And then my favorite waiver wire pickup the entire year. Uh, in fact, uh, a friend of mine tried to get this guy to give me a cameo because he is listed on cameo. But guess what? He's too busy playing football. Yes, my birthday was last week. And my good friend Gil Brevar, uh, Dr. Gil Brevar, was going to get Tutu Atwell to do a, send me a message. 
Savage. Tutu is too busy playing on Monday Night Football to do that. Well, yeah, he was also too busy scoring and scoring points for me uh, and everyone else that owns him. And guess what? They get the Colts this week, and Tutu is going to be producing again. Solid uh, WR2 right now with the WR1 upside. I keep seeing him ranked outside the top 30, and I'm like, what is going on? He's in my top 20 this week, so we'll see. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week, Marquise Brown, Arizona. The 49ers don't allow much, and he's the number one there. They're going to shut him down. And Brandon Cooks, just not feeling against the Patriots. It's a tough matchup. you got Michael Gallup that saw just as many targets last week. He caught six of them for over 90 yards, and Brandon had two catches for 17 yards, about what he did in week one. And then, of course, he missed week two because of a knee injury. So I'm going to let – Brandon Cooks percolate on my bench and wait until he produces something in order to get him in the lineup. How about you, Chris? A couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why? I'm going to stay with this revenge game theory. As much as, uh, and as much as you know, Calvin Ridley wants this against Atlanta. Um, he's getting peppered with targets, but he and Trevor Lawrence just don't seem to be on the same page yet. Only five catches on 15 targets the last two weeks. Uh, the Falcons are really not giving up a ton in the air. He's going to see A.J. Terrell, um, yeah, a lot of him in his grill. What what the Falcons have allowed has been the underneath yard after catch type wide receivers, and not the big alpha dogs like Ridley. So, I think the game plan is going to be short passing and running, low scoring game, and I suspect that a, a, a pressing Ridley and Lawrence are not going to connect for a big day. Although there will be better days ahead. And then my big caution play for the week: um, you're obviously still going to play him. The Sun God is an obvious start. I'm on Ross St. Brown, but I think you should temper your expectations presuming Jair Alexander is active on Thursday night football. Uh, he was a DNP on Monday, but it's estimated because they did not practice, but they may be saving him for this important matchup in the division. Alexander has totally shut down Amon Ross St. Brown. He's held him to 13 for 122 in three games that they played against him. St. Brown had 10 for a buck nine and a score in the one game Alexander missed. So he shut down the opposing number one for two games. Then Olavi had a big game as the number one with him out last week. So I think if Alexander is in, watch the, on Thursday night. If he's in, you might want to temper your expectations for Amon Ross St. Brown. Okay, how about tight ends? A couple of you like and why? Uh, love me some Darren Waller this week. Uh, similar to the situation with Ridley, Waller's getting peppered with targets and just seemed to connect. The difference here is that he's going to be in a game where I think there's still going to be a high-volume passing game. And he's playing against a team that simply cannot cover the tight end to save their lives. Every time they face a tight end that's even above average, they've been just gassed over the last two seasons, and Waller is definitely above average. This defense is especially susceptible to seam plays by the tight end, which is Waller's specialty. I think they're finally going to click and hit some big downfield plays this week. And then I love Luke Musgrave on Thursday night. Um, the Lions played the Chiefs without Kelsey, and yet they still lead the NFL in PPR points allowed to the tight end. 12 targets a game position, 19 points per game of the tight end. Musgrave is growing into a prime contributor for the Packers. He's dominating snaps and targets amongst tight ends. So anything that goes to the tight end is going to go to Musgrave. Five of the last six games by the Packers versus Detroit have had either a touchdown or 100 yards of the tight end. So this is clearly a thing that LaFleur has seen in this matchup. Okay, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Uh, for those of you uh, that uh, have a dearth of scoring there at tight end, there is one guy that scored three times in the first three games, and his name is Donald Parham for the Chargers. Yeah, he doesn't catch many passes, but guess what? He's golden in the red zone, and the Raiders just can't guard the tight end. So <laughs> I think Parham's going to score this week. So if you need him, pick him up and start him. Uh, Evan Ingram, uh, I think he's going to score on the Falcons this week. He seemed to be the one that was connecting well with Trevor Lawrence the most last week. Uh, they need him to produce to get try to get back on track there. A couple guys I'm still waiting on to see what's going on. Juwan Johnson 
Now, hopefully this is just maybe a factor of uh, called Derek Carr uh, because he basically ignored Juwan Johnson for three, three, three games. There. I think he caught like four passes. He was just not a big part of the passing game. There's, uh, uh, there is some uh, hope here, though, because Jameis Winston uh, gave uh, Juwan Johnson a 20% target share in the 15 passes he threw at the end of the game last week. Now, that's not even a full game. But there's some hope there. So, you know, hold on to Juwan Johnson. I wouldn't start on this week. But, you know, uh, if, if he does something, and it's because Jameis likes him. Also, Kate Otten, uh, the Saints just really shut down the tight end there. Uh, the Otten's a good one for Tampa Bay. Had a great catch on Monday night uh, football. But guess what? That was his only catch in that game. And the Saints uh, like to limit the tight end. So I'm, I'm sitting Otten this week. How about you, Chris? A couple of tight ends. You're not crazy about and why. Yeah, two guys I unfortunately have to choose between in one of my leagues. So uh, I don't like David and Joku this week. Yeah, the Ravens have stifled the tight end so far. But it's hard to put a lot of stock in that because they've not played a game with a top 30 tight end in receiving yards. Um, but they were very good at limiting the position last year as well. And more to the point, Njoku seems to be a little bit of a forgotten man in this offense right now, a distant third or fourth in the pecking order. Only 92 yards for the year, one catch of more than 20 yards, and no touchdowns in three games. Until I see something that tells me otherwise, He's not a starter for me in most leagues. And then uh, Zach Ertz, the guy I'm a little worried about this week, he's getting a ton of targets. Um, The 49ers have only allowed 62 total yards to the tight end through three games, and Ertz has already been a very low yardage producer, making him his value only the PPR volume on all those short grabs adding up points. 49ers have his number, too. He's never topped 43 yards against San Francisco in his 11-year career, and in three games with the Cardinals, he's averaging four PPR points per game with a high of 5.7 on three catches for 27 yards. This looks like a good week to stay away from Zach Ertz if you can. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, he, he's been seeing playing less snaps each week. He played a lot in week one and then a fair amount, good amount in week two. But last week he didn't play very many snaps, and he only saw uh, two targets caught both of them. One was a shovel pass right at the goal line, but he got tackled right at the two-yard line. Two for six is not going to help many fancy people, so I agree with you there. I don't know what's going on. There's also uh, some rumors going around that they might actually end up trading him before the deadline because they're kind of in tank mode. But are they really in tank mode? I don't know. Josh Dobbs is trying not to be in tank mode. Anyway, how about the one-hit wonders at kicker and defense? Hit me with them, Chris. You know, Matt Gay is still available in most leagues, and I talked a little bit about him last week. Coming off a record-setting day, he's facing a team that's allowed the second-most field goals and field goal attempts so far for a game. I would go get Matt Gay if he's available on your wire and start him. And then Eddie, Eddie Pinheiro of Carolina. When in doubt, the last three seasons, you take a kicker facing Minnesota. That's all you need to say. Uh, a couple of defenses I like. Um, Tampa Bay uh, going into New Orleans. New Orleans has allowed four sacks in every game, and Tampa is number two in the league in interceptions and pretty high in sacks. So you enter Jameis Winston under center. Uh, uh, the revenge plays go both ways. I would think they're going to tee off on Jameis and maybe get some of his uh, his patented picks. And then I like the L.A. Chargers or the San Diego Chargers, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> at home against Vegas. The Chargers still have some pass rush. I think they can put the Raiders into a one-dimensional offense by building a lead on one of the league's least productive offenses, and, and I think they could get some points for you. Okay. Well, uh, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, For Chris Rito, this is Michael Nazrek. See you all next week when we offer our Week 5 preview. Good night and good luck to everyone playing this week. Football! Football? You know, a physical sport. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarek, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time. 
Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Good day, sir!